This audio drama contains themes and descriptions some listeners may find disturbing. Content warnings for all episodes are available in the show description. This is Fucked Up Bedtime Stories for Adults, a series of short stories produced by English Touring Theatre. Don't Panic, Don't Move by Matilda Beanie. It is forbidden to communicate with your kind. You're not supposed to be able to hear us. But the borders between our worlds are becoming porous. A great change occurring in your world has been causing waves in ours. Now is the time to look beyond the corner of your eyes. The unseen are gathering in the wings, waiting for you to finally see us. Mm. Mm. You're so naughty, Travante. Just one more bite. That's V sleep talking. She's one of you. Spirit. Clay. Human. And she begins our story. Well, she's having one of those dreams. I bet you can guess what movie she's recently watched again for the fifth time. This time, it's Trevante. Last time, it was John Boyega. And before that, it was Yahya Abdul-Mateen. And if you're wondering, yes, he was blue. V is a youthful 30-year-old. As in, when she has her hair tied up and isn't wearing makeup, she still gets ID'd at the supermarket. V is single. She'd want you to know that. She has really curly eyelashes and wild, bushy eyebrows like a growing toddler. She wouldn't want you to know that. And right now, she's asleep in her Hello Kitty pyjamas and her silk purple bonnet in the studio flat she rents. V stirs. Everything in her room begins to rattle. Her lamp, the hallway light, her makeup-strewn dresser. The sound of slow drumming in the distance. Trevante, wait. V mumbles. The slow drumming is now accompanied with a crackling sound, the kind oil makes when it hits a hot pan. Don't panic. It's not real. Don't move. It can't hurt you. You don't have to stay here if you don't want to. It's your dream. You can go anywhere. V whispers to herself. She doesn't get them as much now. In fact, she can't remember the last time she had one, but she'll never forget the first one. V was ten, and after drifting off whilst watching one of her mum's Nollywood films in the living room, she woke up on the sofa and she could hear white noise, but she couldn't understand how when the TV was off. So she tries to get up and go to her bedroom, except she can't move. It's like her whole body was glued to the sofa. She couldn't even move a finger. She tried shouting for help, calling out for her mom, dad, or any of her annoying younger siblings, but no answer. The sound of white noise begins to increase. She tries screaming at the top of her lungs, but that's when she realises her mouth isn't even moving. She can only hear herself in her own head. 
She spots something move in the corner of her eye, but she can't turn her head to get a better look. It's but a still shadow in the very edges of her periphery until it moves closer to her. Taking slow, heavy steps towards her, it must be big. <laughs> Only something big could make the sofa vibrate under her like that. She starts screaming louder and begging it to leave her alone as this lanky being starts to cast a wide shadow over her. A ten-year-old V begins to wonder if the spirits in the film had actually come through the TV and wanted to kill her. This this thin, shadowy figure with its rough edges and beetle-like skin then proceeds to sit on V's small lap. A strange sight to behold. Imagine Santa Claus trying to sit on one of his elves' laps. But if that wasn't strange enough, this shadowy being begins leaning back and pressing itself hard into her body, crushing V's chest. She struggles to take a breath in or out. Unable to move or even cry, a single tear rolls down this little girl's face as the very last remnants of air get stuck in her throat. Everything goes dark. You see, this was the first time V had experienced sleep paralysis. She awoke, gasping for air, heart racing, she instantly bursts into tears. V couldn't watch any Nollywood films for a while. What she mistook as a one-off vivid night terror was in fact the beginning of a pattern of encounters with this night entity that would visit her again and again and again, its weight always crushing her chest and forcing air out of her lungs like a whoopee cushion until her bedroom lights switched on and she screamed herself awake, frightening her mum. V ran into her mum's arms in tears and so her mum did what any Nigerian parent does. They held hands and prayed. Did it offer you anything to eat? V's mum asked. No, V replied. Okay, good. Why? Never you eat anything in your dream, even if it's me offering it to you. You don't know who made it or what they put in it. Eating in your dreams invites evil into your life. Oh, may God continue to protect us from all evil. Her mum was so concerned, she blessed V's bedroom with holy water she brought home from night vigil, whipping it against the doors, walls, and even a drizzle on V's bed like a holy garnish. It wasn't until V was studying for her A-level psychology, she was introduced to the concept of sleep paralysis. You see, the interesting thing about sleep paralysis is you don't have to be in bed to feel its effects. It could occur after a friend's Hindu and you're all passed out drunk on the king-size bed in the hotel room. It could happen when you have that period pain nap on the toilet at work during your lunch break. Or at your ex-boyfriend's parents' house on Christmas Eve when you have a nap after too much eating. And even now, at 30, as the drumming became heavy footsteps that got closer and closer, as the crackling of the white noise got louder, V could not help but panic the fear in her rising up like it did when she was a child. The footsteps get so heavy, they reverberate across the room, making her bed tremble. I know you're not real, she says, her eyes fixed on the door. Just, just go away, please. 
It stands in her doorway for a moment. V gulps. It enters her room, closing the door behind it. Fuck. Slips out of V's mouth. Its shadow is so big it reaches over V, blocking the light from her lamp. It begins to make its way to its favourite spot on her body. It stops in the middle of the room and changes course. V starts whispering, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The entity heads to the end of her bed and begins to perch on the end. Its weight begins to sink into the bed, causing it to tip her bed like a seesaw. It turns its head sharply to V. And forgive us our trespasses. V's eyes scramble to make out what she's looking at. Its face is a void of nothingness. As we forgive those who trespass against us, the white noise is getting so loud. She's trying to shout over the volume. Her heart is beating so loud it's now thumping her eardrums. Her bed rumbles. The lamp in her room flickers uncontrollably. The entity's voice cuts through like a shard of glass through skin. They say the night is incomplete without the day. Like a newborn is without his cries. Let Yemoja's moonshine guide you all to slumber. But you will rise, Victoria. You will rise. Didenle. Deliver us from evil! V screams as she's thrown out of her bed. Ah! Escapes her lips, her face stinging from the slap the laminate flooring has just given her. V scrambles into the corner of the room, away from the entity sat on her bed. The knight sits awkwardly between them like a deadly fart in the air. She pinches herself to check if she's awake. She winces at the pain. She pinches herself even harder just to be sure. She groans. The entity sits quietly on the end of V's bed, head down and shoulders hunched forward, almost as if it's contemplating. Who are you? What do you want? The entity doesn't respond. V notices her phone, now under the bed and still charging. She considers her options. Try to make a run for it, when she hasn't run since the egg and spoon race to back of year nine sports day. Or try and leapfrog to her phone, but risk being crushed by the bed should the entity stand up. Even if by some miracle she managed to get to her phone, who's she going to call? Uh, the police? Ghostbusters or Mum, the Nigerian exorcist. Before V has a chance to make up her mind, I'm so tired. I just need to rest, the entity sighs. V feels a gust of wind on the other side of the room pin her against the wall. The entity speaks as though you can hear the time it takes to translate its thoughts in a way she can understand. So, you understand me? What do you want? The entity is still pondering. The entity stands up unexpectedly, slamming the vertical bed back down. Fuck. A stunned V tries to shrink herself into the tiniest ball possible, head in her knees. Please don't kill me. V looks up from her cocoon and watches as the entity seems to take off what can only be described as a large cloak of armour and dumps it onto her bed, revealing a slender form underneath. Is this any better? I, I, I don't mean to scare you. V looks bewildered, 
we are not permitted to converse with your kind. But this, this tiredness in me is loud and frustrating. Well, who, who are you? Well, that is not important. No, fuck about this when you've been haunting me in my dreams for over half my life. I too have matured, as you have. V is struck by the entity's response, as if it sees itself as some kind of weird sibling. Up close, V realizes this thing that has haunted her all these years isn't so terrifying. Its spiky, armored cloak looks like, well, just like an old cloak. Its looming presence looks more like a palm tree than creature, and most importantly, its face, barely visible in the dark, looks almost human. You have been experiencing great waves where there were once minor tides. Exhaustion eats away at us where we were once full. What does it feel like? The entity humbly asks. What does what feel like? Slumber. V ponders this for a moment. She's not quite sure how to phrase her answer as she has many questions of her own. I think... Sleep is like a break, a pocket of escapism from living without having to die. Because being alive can be a lot. Don't they let you, like, clock out of your, your job? Is that what you call what you do? You know, demons sitting on people's chest thing. Oh, I'm not a demon. It snaps. I'm natural. Part of all ecosystems in all realms. There, there is no place I'm not present. But I am weary. My armor is heavy. I decide to try it someday. To slumber as restoratively as you do. Oh, I mean, sleep's alright. V says, a little disillusioned. Some days she doesn't get out of bed till three in the afternoon. Not because she's ill or anything. She's bored. And a little depressed. She's not been out in over four months because of her severe asthma and she's just itching to get out. But also she doesn't want to take that risk, so dreaming is her only way of getting out of her studio flat. Don't you ever sleep? Oh, we are not permitted to in this form. Maybe you and your colleagues could demand some kind of working boundaries, a union? The entity laughs, which makes V jump. Its laugh sounds more like thousands of fingernails scraping down the blackboard. <laughs> Your kind are not just funny looking. You are also very funny. <laughs> we, we travel through realms to bide our time. Yeah? What's that like? We are bound to our duties. Only then are we permitted to roam free. What? Like, anywhere? So long as you do not interfere in the dream realm. V's mind begins to race at the idea of being able to roam all over the world with no risk of falling ill, money trouble, or visa problems, or racism. Just to be able to move, swim, or traipse through unimaginable realms unquestioned. How many realms are there? V asks inquisitively. The entity smiles broadly, showing its metallic dentures that look like they're made out of tiny razors. 
V smiles back hesitantly to hide her uneasiness. Could I come? The entity looks at V confused. I won't tell if you won't, just for a night. I need a break from this flat and you just need a break. Only to the next sunset. So you can roam free and I can sleep for the first time? V nods. And I can visit other people's dreams, right? So long as I don't interfere. The entity nods. Or risk being trapped there. Look, but don't touch. Got ya. <laughs> I can't wait to scare the living shit out of my ex. I'm going to give him a nightmare so bad he wets himself. V gives a thumbs up. This dumbfounds the entity. V thinks for a moment. And how do I come back? Just come back to your bedroom and wake yourself up. Uh, do we have an agreement? Deal. V smiles. The entity doesn't seem to notice. It walks over to her bed and pulls back its armoured cloak that was covering the bed. V turns around and the entity clips the cloak around V's neck. Heavier than it looks, she quips. What's that under my duvet? V pulls back the duvet and is frozen in confusion. It's her. She's still curled up asleep in bed, at least her body is. The entity kneels beside her body. Whoa, what, what, what are you doing? Your mind is awake, but your body is empty. I need to open your eyes to complete the swap. Laojue, Victoria. Laojue, it says as it strokes her arm. I thought you were just going to sleep in my bed. I will, but in you. V groans in agony as her teeth are pushed out by her new razor-sharp ones that force their way out of her bleeding gums. What's, what, what's happening to me? Oh, don't panic. It's just part of the process. If, if she wakes up, what happens to me? Oh, you aren't you anymore. I will be. She tries to take off the armor, but she can't find a clasp to unlock it. Why can't I take this off? It is your duty now. V's skin begins to shed like dandruff, little flakes at first. When she takes off her bonnet, her scalp comes off with it. She lets out an involuntary screech. Oh, I, I'll take it back. I, I don't want to go. I'll break our deal. It is too late to stop it. Once your eyes are open, <laughs> I shall enter my new home. Why are you doing this to me? Well, you accepted my invitation. You always had such a sweet tooth. I spent a long time waiting for you. The cloak begins to pull V out of her bedroom. She screams and tries to resist the wind that's pulling the cloak by the neck, but there's no point fighting it. The sun is coming up. No, no, please don't do this. What did I ever do to you? Lao Jue. Lao Jue. Come on. Sleep, V. Sleep. For God's sake, don't wake up. Lao Jue. Lao Jue. Does it. Her body stirs. She murmurs as her eyelids gently flutter open. V disappears from this realm. I hoped 
she would be enough. I vowed she would be the last, but I thirst for your bodies. I feed off your hunger. I crave your fantasies. May sweetened dreams fill your nights until my arrival. Story read by Papa Esiadu, directed by Jennifer Baxt, music, sound and editing by Max Pappenheim. An English Touring Theatre production.